0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to Coach's Corner. Got another great interview for you this week, but first, I just wanted to tease you a little bit. I've got a new relationship course coming out. It's called How to Get Over Your Breakup and On With Love. In Wednesday's episode, I'm going to share where you can go get it and a very special discount for all my podcast listeners. So be sure to tune into episode 99 on Wednesday to get all that info. So relationships have been a theme. It is something that has been very popular on the podcast lately. As you know, I just finished doing a TV show called The Spouse House, where I was the relationship expert and co-host. So I have just been diving into love and relationships, and I love talking to my guest today, Jason Gaddis. He is a relationship student and teacher and host of the Smart Couple Podcast, which is a great podcast. Go check it out. My episode with him aired... I don't know, maybe a month ago, but he's on a mission to teach people the one class that none of us got in school, how to do romantic relationships. That's why he founded the relationship school. He was emotionally constipated for years before relationship failure forced him to turn his life over to learning about relationship. Now he's been married to his amazing wife for over a decade. And after some brutal breakups, he's got two beautiful kids, Jason gets you the relationship results you want fast. He will teach you how to use conflict to create a more fulfilling and sustainable relationship. He teaches virtual relationship empowerment classes to students across the globe. You can learn more about him at jasongaddis.com and that link is in the show notes. We dive into a lot here, but one thing that I really love that we talk about is the three different kinds of fights and how you get to the other side of them. So whether you're single or in a relationship, I promise you this information will be valuable. Enjoy my talk with Jason. Jason, thank you so much for being on the show today.
1: Yeah, you got it. Glad to be here.
0: I'm so glad to have you here because you are a relationship expert and not just by credentials. You have a happy marriage. This is a territory that you know so much about. And I'm thrilled to have you here because I think that relationships are something that a lot of people struggle with. And I get a lot of different questions a big theme is relationships. Attracting the relationship, struggle in the relationship, sabotaging a relationship, wanting someone to change. I mean, there's so many avenues we could go down. But the one that I'd like to start with with you, because I know you have great advice around this, is conflict resolution. Basically, how do we deal with fighting? And I think this is appropriate not just for romantic relationships, but any time we have conflict in, in any relationship. Can you talk a little bit about know why fighting happens what are kind of the do's and don'ts how do we fight well <laughs> and how do we and, and is it possible to avoid conflict
1: so we'll start with that last question because it's kind of a no-brainer no it's not <laughs> possible to avoid conflict why if you look around at your life your own experience you know you probably have never been able to avoid an upsetting situation mm-hmm. or upsetting feelings in yourself it's just not possible Uh, unless you're in massive denial. So yeah, conflict is a part of life. And so I teach people to embrace it. It's just, um, it's a thing that's goes on and there's no problem with it. It's actually very informative and you can learn a ton about yourself. And usually on the other side of conflict is if done well is a beautiful deepening process between two people. Mm. So that's, uh, you know, we got to kind of, if we come in with that kind of mindset and we don't, um, expect, um, our marriage to just work itself out. If we find the one and everything is happy and we don't expect it to be all roses then, and we, and we embrace conflict then it's going to go better for us. Um, So I think the mindset is the first most important thing with conflict. Welcome it, embrace it. It's a part of life. It's a part of your intimate world inside yourself. It's also a part of your dynamic with another person.
0: And it doesn't mean the person doesn't love you. It doesn't mean the relationship is awful. It doesn't mean, I think a lot of people, Whenever conflict happens, they want to run from it. And there's a lot of people that listen to the show that identify with being a people pleaser. And one of the characteristics of people pleasing is to avoid that conflict. Or if they grew up in a family where there was a lot of argument, they, they avoid conflict and they either stuff all their feelings. You know, they're not really honest about what's happening or they just kind of like try to make peace. And, but eventually that all builds up and can lead to a very explosive fight <laughs> that that isn't even about like the surface level situation. It's kind of just about all that stored stuff that someone wasn't willing to talk about sooner in the relationship. So I love that you're, you're giving people permission and reassurance that conflict is okay. It doesn't mean there's not love there.
1: Yeah. Conflict is okay. And if you want to win in a partnership together, you embrace it and you learn how to be with your upset, your emotions, your feelings, the discomfort going on in your body, the fear, and all the emotions. As one of my teachers back in the day taught me how to be with my experience. I mean, that that was a pivotal teaching for me to learn to basically meditate into the discomfort so that I wouldn't have to react out of the back part of my brain. So... It's a real. It is. I, I just want to acknowledge. It is very hard for some of us, especially if we grew up as a peacekeeper or a conflict avoider, and that was how we survived through our family. It can be hard to say yes to conflict. I hear you, and it's the path forward. Um, it's your growing edge. Lean into it. It's mm. gonna. It's not gonna kill you, most likely.
0: Mm. Yeah, most likely. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, let's check, but most likely it's not. Most
0: likely, right? So let's let's talk a little bit about what the conflict, when the conflict happens, what are what are tips for communicating, dealing with it, managing feelings, all that stuff.
1: Cool. Let me first frame it with talking about the three different types of fights we normally get in. Um, There's three levels, and the very top is everyday fights and snags and disagreements that just happen in the home. Uh, around work or you left the keys over here, you didn't do the dishes. Um, how come you didn't pick up the sk- kids at school five minutes earlier? Just little little disagreements uh, that we fight about on a daily basis or disagree about. That's the top level. The next level down are expectations um, or values where we start to now, we're challenged with how, we, wait, I don't like how you live and you don't like how I live. I thought I married this person. Now I'm starting to see the true values come out and it turns out you, you value different things than I thought you valued. And that emerges and those can be challenging fights. And down deeper are security fights. And those are all about feeling safe. Are you in this with me or not? And uh, sometimes people will be fighting about uh, the dishes or money or something, but it's actually about a security fight that one person is not feeling totally safe mm. and, and the, like the other person has their back. Um, so those, those are just going to be helpful, uh, for us to diagnose what kind of fight are we in, um, before we get started. Right. And then just lead me in. What was the other question? Okay. So,
0: so once we're, once we're in that, once we know we're in one of those, how can we, cause I imagine there's productive ways to fight and approach conflict. And then there are ways that just make it worse.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So, um, as you talked about, uh, when we were talking earlier, um, using I statements in a responsible language, and taking 100% responsibility for my part, and you take 100% responsibility for your part—that uh, which equals 200%. Uh, we're in good shape if we have that going in. So we want to backing up again. We want to have agreements ahead of time about how we're going to do this. But let's say we haven't totally had the agreements. We're not. We haven't gotten those laid out successfully yet. But we're in a fight. Someone's listening right now and they're in a unresolved fight. So again, I want to investigate what is my part. Mm -hmm. Personal responsibility is the fastest way to get empowered and get out of a complex situation like a fight or a disagreement. So I just ask myself, what's my part? And I go set some boundaries and I go take good care of myself and I get quiet. I might journal, I might meditate and I want to think about what I did or didn't do. And it's as simple as I raise my voice. I, I scared you. I blew you off. I didn't return your text. Anything like that, we need to own. And once we own it, especially with ourselves first, and then once we turn to our partner and say, honey, I did that. I, I did raise my voice. I didn't return that text. They immediately feel a little safer because we're congruent. Our actions match our words and we're not trying to deny something, you know? So that's a big one. Personal responsibility. Another big tip is to be a badass listener. Mm. A lot of us, a lot of us think we know how to listen because we listen every day, we nod our head. But, uh, I find that most people don't know how to listen in the face of adversity or upset. And this is to me the cause of one of the biggest causes of the world's problems is an unwillingness or inability to listen to the Mm -hmm. other side. Mm -hmm. So, um, if I listen well and my rule of thumb I use with my wife is I don't understand her until she feels understood. Mm. So Mm. that one is essential. And if I go in with that attitude, okay, if she says, no, I don't feel understood. I feel like you're not getting it. I can get defensive all I want, but at the end of the day, she's right. Um, there's something I'm missing and she's not going to let, let down and relax until I get it. And so I'm going to try again. I'm going to be like, okay, honey, got it. And being a guy, I can, there can be some pride here and my ego might get bruised. Cause I want to get it right and I have some issues there and I want to figure it out and I want to problem solve quickly. But if she says, no, nope, uh, I don't feel like you're understanding me. Then I'm, I go, okay, got it. So let me take a break and let me come back and I want to try again. And I go again and I'll stay up all night until my wife feels understood. And this still happens. I mean, this is not, I'm not like some expert at this. This is still, cause I have the, I love to problem solve. I want to problem solve before validating her experience. So if I can <laughs> just come in with uh, some humility and a willingness to just truly get her world, uh, then I'm in good shape. And I'm going to use techniques like basic reflective listening, active listening. I'm not just going to be a passive listener where I nod my head and go mm-hmm and let her go on for 15 minutes while I'm in a monologue. I'm going to interrupt when I feel lost. And I'm going to say, wait, 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 honey, I, I got to interrupt you because I got lost right there. Can you repeat that part? I want to make sure I understand that. And that helps me stay present mm. to conversation, right? If I can inter- if give myself permission to interrupt, because uh, a lot of us have this polite thing. We want to just be quiet. We call that listening. That's not, that's not listening. That's just being polite and quiet. And it usually doesn't lead to resolution. So, so I, and just then have I, to, wanna,
0: I have to pause you just for a second because this is amazing. And I know that so many, especially the women out there who are with men are like, how do I get my man to do that? Because they're hearing all this and maybe going, well, you know, it'd be so much easier if I had a husband that was willing to be a badass listener and came into the argument like that and already maybe going into that expectation of wanting him to be a certain way. So can you just speak to people that may be thinking that for a moment?
1: Yeah. Well, you definitely want to enroll your guy. If you love your guy and he's a good guy, he's going to be open to your feedback and you want to enroll him in the benefits of this kind of practice. Honey, there's going to be less drama. I'm going to need to like, uh, I'm going to be less emotional. I'm going to be, uh, we'll stay up not as late at night. I won't need to talk about it more. If you become really good at understanding my experience and are you open to some feedback? I'd like you like to give you some, some feedback on how I want to be listened to. And a good guy eventually will let down and be like, okay, got it. Yes, I want that. And I'm enrolled. So what do I need to do differently that would have you feel seen and heard? And then you can give them some feedback. But I teach a lot of women, like, you've got to train your guy uh, to not be pejorative here. But but it is important that we train our partner in how we like it. That's same with sex. Uh, listening is the same thing. It's like, no, I don't want you to just be quiet the whole time. I need you to actually to engage with me as I talk. Right. Or I need validation. So after I share this big, huge download about work or this person I'm pissed off about, I need you to say something like, that makes sense, honey, why you're so upset. Right. Um that must hurt, you know, basic stuff like that.
0: And what about for, you know, the, the, the men listening, um, even people in same sex relationships who, you know, may say, Oh, my partner's just so overly emotional. I guess it's the same advice for them, right? To, to really talk to them about, Hey, if we we communicate this way, I know you want me to express my emotions more. This will give me a chance to express my emotions more. If, if you're not in such a heightened emotional state,
1: yeah. And so to the men, what, and this is something I had to learn is you've got to be more okay with strong emotion mm. in yourself, number one, and in your woman. So, um, I had to get really okay with my own emotional upset and wherever I I have not gone in myself, um, like if I haven't ever felt rage or grief or sadness or, or true hurt feelings, and I've just compartmentalized and shut all that down. It's going to be hard to hold space and listen to my wife or spouse or girlfriend. But if I so if I can start to de some of those compartmentalized areas and get okay with, yeah, I feel angry sometimes. Yeah, I'm actually hurt inside Um, and I'm and you stop numbing out to the feelings. You're going to have a bigger range to handle your partner's emotional experience. So it starts with us. And we've got to learn to get bigger there so that we can hold more outside of us.
0: Mm, I love that. I love that. And that's something that a lot of us avoid. And and of course, we get, we're get we going to get triggered more in our relationships or in a conflict if we're not comfortable with our own emotions or we don't know how to process them. Then anyone else, either withholding their emotions or emotionally projecting on us, is going to feel incredibly uncomfortable. So thank you for bringing that's right. that up. Um, yeah, I, I totally interrupted you. So do you remember the last thing you were going to say yeah. about conflict resolution?
1: Yeah. What what we want to do after we've listened well is we want to make sure we have a shared reality and that's just being on the same page. Honey, am I following you so far? Do you feel understood by me? Yes, I do. Okay, we're on the same page. Um, if she says no, then, then I've got to go back until we can get to a shared reality. Yes, we're on the same page. And sometimes it's just getting a shared reality of what we're even talking about. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we get into these arguments and now we're somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You ever know those fights? Mm-hmm. You know, we're like, now we're talking about the bills and it started out with the dishes or something. And it's like, wait, how did we get here? Uh, we want a shared reality of what's going on. It seems, honey, can we come back to what we're actually talking about? I thought we were fighting about the kids and now we're fighting about finances. What, what do we need to resolve here? Can we get on the same page about that so that we can move forward? So we can do it in that way and we can also do it in a way that's just in the process of saying, hey... I want to make sure we're on the same page. Here's what I have so far about what you're telling me. You mm. got upset because I raised my voice. You're mad and feeling insecure and, and afraid about fi- our financial situation. And you didn't like it that I didn't return your text. Those are the three things I have so far. Are we on the same page? Am I understanding you right? Yes, you are. Boom. That feels really good when we mm-hmm. can reach that spot. So, mm-hmm. so it's really important we get a we get a shared reality.
0: I love that shared reality. That's That's awesome. Um, so talk a little bit about, Jason, why you're so passionate about teaching about relationships. One thing that you said before we started recording is that there needs to be a relationship school. We aren't taught these things. And I think sometimes we expect that we're just supposed to know how to do this, that if we love someone, that's enough. Why is relationship yeah. school and education about relationships so important?
1: Yeah, because I think relationship is the thread that weaves everything in life and our relationships to other people, our relationships to ourselves. And it's so amazing that it's such an important, pivotal uh, piece of our joy and our life satisfaction and our fulfillment in life, yet it's not formally taught. It's informally transmitted to us through our parents, caregivers, coaches, bishops, priests, uh, friends, and it just doesn't do the job when we don't formally get an education on how to listen to someone or how to communicate our values to someone else. Uh, it doesn't usually go well, as is evidenced by the divorce rate and people's uh, lack of fulfillment. Even when they're married, they can stay together for years, but they're not fulfilled. So that's that's not success either. Mm-hmm. So I see time and time again that um, so much of people's life satisfaction is tied to their relationships. And if that's not going well, it adds a tremendous stress and burden on someone's life to an already challenging life. You know, life's hard enough for a lot of us uh, to add relational stress on top of that, is um actually creates more sickness and disease in our body. So we mm. gotta we gotta learn and be able to deal with relationship. And it starts you know in the home. Obviously, it happens on the playground, and then eventually as we get older in our places of work and and eventually in an intimate relationship. And you know they just did an, a really cool five year study from Harvard that just came out interviewing three thousand teens and young adults. On relationships and love relationships, and, and most of the teens agreed that this isn't being taught, and that actually I want the education. Seventy uh, percent of teens and young adults said I want to learn, and I wish I had more guidance from my parents or mm-hmm. someone else. Mm-hmm. So I'm, and I was a failure at relationship. I had lots of failed uh, relationships before I got married, and it, it caused me a lot of pain and mm-hmm. suffering in my life. So. I just imagine, man, what would it be like if we could educate ourselves younger um, and in a, in a way that would actually have us feeling psyched and empowered around oh, intimate.
0: Beautiful. And we're going to tell everybody in a moment where to get all your relationship schooling. My last question for you is about monogamy. I've had uh, somebody else on the show who's talked a little bit about open relationship and why monogamy isn't natural and doesn't work. I'd love to hear why you believe monogamy can work or if you even believe that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan because it works for me. It's not mm-hmm. for everybody though. If you look at the animal kingdom, there's a lot of monogamous species and there's a lot of non-monogamous species. And we're animals. We're just like animals. And some of us are built for that, designed for that, and it works well for us. And others, it doesn't. So I think you have to find out what's true for you. But to say to to like have me say yeah, monogamy's the best or it's better than it's just different. And, um, I think you have to find out what is most fulfilling to you and absolutely it can work. It's very natural uh, for some of us and it works for some of us really well. Um, in fact, I mean, I'm a huge fan of marriage. I'm a huge fan of monogamy. My life would be not remotely the same without my wife having my back, the things I'm able to accomplish in my life, given that I have one person to go really deep with. And the personal growth process there is endless. Like, She's an ocean. I'm Mm. never going to be able to stop exploring who she is. And I have my whole life to do that. And I don't need, um, other things to explore. Plus, you know, we have a family and it it works for our two kids that, that we can tag out and we can high five when one of us gets blown out or tired or uh, triggered or something. We are a team and there's some, something about the team approach that again, works for me. And again, not for everybody works well for me though.
0: I I love it. I love it. So another question that I think a lot of the ladies are probably asking are, do you train men?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I have for years. I'm a big fan of men's groups, men's work, just men's training. Uh, I have a men's course on relational and sexual empowerment. Um, I talk to men about sexual dysfunction. I teach men how to um, have emotional intimacy and greater levels of emotional intimacy. And um, I'm not currently leading any men's groups or men's trainings, uh, although I have a ton. Uh, But I do have a product on my website for men. Beautiful. So tell
0: everyone where to find you, uh, what your website is, your podcast. Give them all the goods, Jason.
1: Cool, JasonGaddis.com. That's Jason with a Y. And the podcast is the Smart Couple Podcast, and you can find that on iTunes. And it's all about long-term relationship and doing that well, and embracing a growth mindset. And um, yeah, I got a book coming out in November. Uh, it's a Smart Couple Quote Book, so it's a little going to be a cool little guidebook for couples or individuals that want kind of a daily download of of an inspirational quote.
0: Beautiful. And final thoughts here for people that are just yearning to be in relationship, really yearning to have that partnership and maybe losing hope, maybe wondering, gosh, is it ever going to happen to me? I'd love to have a a marriage like the one he's describing. What words of encouragement or advice do you have for the people that are longing?
1: Yeah, to to not be too overly simplistic here, there's seven plus billion people on the planet. Um, You will find someone. Uh, guaranteed. There's, You're, you're not going to be this lonely single being for the rest of your life. It's almost impossible. We're all bumping into other people. You are going to find someone that works for you. You're totally worthy of love. And no matter what you've been through or who you are, or what you look like, you can be loved and you will be loved. And it's just don't ever even think about giving up hope. I just know it's going to happen for you.
0: Thank you, Jason. I took those words in myself. (laughs) Right on. (laughs) So appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me, Christine.